it has been a tragic week in entertainment. Hopefully some of my funnier stories this week can pull you out of that a little bit. And in recommended listening, I'll be featuring a few shows I've already talked about, plus a couple of more in the new Movie Pod Squad network. Beginning on that old podcast in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1... Welcome to the Odd Dad Out Podcast, where normal is not my specialty. I am your host, as always, Adam Higgins, the Odd Dad Out, and I would like to thank you for tuning in to my twisted little view of the news and stuff going on in the world, and maybe some personal stories and things of that sort. You never know where the topic's going to take me. Okay, so, like I said... It's, it's been kind of a tragic week as far as entertainment news goes. Um, it's not, honestly, not the show I had prepped. A, I had everything set for how I wanted to go for the week. And really the news has just been piling up in the upsetting column of uh, entertainment. So I think I'm just going to jump right in with... Breaking news this morning, if you are listening to this on release day, um, Roger Moore, most people would know as the second James Bond, um, passed away from cancer this morning. Wake up and that's the first thing I see when I check my phone because I do that. And I'm, I'm going to admit, I'm not a big fan of James Bond, but... I think everybody, look, there's two Bonds that you really think of. You know, you disregard the, the new movies, and when you think of James Bond, you think of Sean Connery and Roger Moore. And that's kind of it. And they're like the two that you look at, and they're the most iconic. I mean, they're the original two, you know? I mean, yeah, Sean Connery was first, but like Roger Moore seemed like the only person that was able to take that character and make it his own, but still be the same Bond, who still had that same sort of charm, the same way that, that Sean Connery did, the same way that that's kind of established as that character. And I know he's done a, a million other things, and he's been doing charitable work, and he's been doing so much, so many other things, but really, the world knows him as James Bond. As you know, much like Sean Connery, for everything he's done, the world's always going to see him as James Bond. The world's always going to see Roger Moore as James Bond, which it's not a bad thing, but it's it's just I mean it's a great image to have. I mean if that's if the if the image the world has of you is of basically the best spy in the world, the most famous spy in the world, which I guess is counterintuitive to being a spy. But that's a that's a great, you know, legend to have. You know, that's a great image for the world to have of you. Uh, I don't know a lot about what happened. I, I don't know a lot about Roger Moore. Um, but it is kind of a sad news hitting this morning. Um, like I said, this just dropped this morning. I just had to look it up. I'm like, how did he die? What was it? I was like, yep. Oh, okay, so it is, you know, it was cancer. And I guess he'd, 
it was a short uh, bout of cancer. So I guess that's a good thing that he wasn't really suffering for a long time, which is good to hear. But uh, moving on, the back to another celebrity death, unfortunately, uh, Chris Cornell of Soundgarden uh, was found. Actually, it was late last week. It was just after release last week, and I'm pretty sure everybody's heard it by now. Uh, but yeah, Chris Cornell, who was he's a grunge rock icon. I mean, if you listen to rock music at all in the in the 90s through you know, to today, you've probably heard Chris Cornell somewhere between Temple of the Dog, Soundgarden, Audio Slave. He, in his solo work, he's, he's just, he was, if Steve Perry was the voice of his generation, he's still alive, but Chris Cornell was the voice of the grunge, the Seattle grunge movement. I mean, Soundgarden was the first grunge band out of Seattle to get that big mainstream record label. They were huge. I mean, they they were still huge. They were still touring. He actually was found dead in a hotel in his hotel room in Detroit after a show last Wednesday, which is just wow. I mean, and I've heard, I mean, you get so many stories of these big rock stars who are found dead in their hotel room after a show or before a show or somewhere on tour or found on a tour bus and things like that. And it, and it's always tragic. I mean, the stress of being a rock star and is just, it's got to, I can't even fathom what that's like. Just the pressure of all of that, you know, throw into account, um, that the coroners declared it a suicide. Um, they, it apparently he was, according to the coroner's report and the police reports, um, he hung himself, which again, it, it really raised a lot of questions because this was right after they performed. This was after they did a show in Detroit, he went back to his hotel room and he was found by a friend later that night. And that's, and you start asking, why did this happen? What what made him snap? Whenever you see like a big celebrity that kills himself, you start wondering what what made them do that. Um, his wife has since come out and said that she's questioning the suicide thing in general. But the the coroners and the police are like, no, we found him with a with a strap around his neck. He obviously hung himself, but. And she is saying that it, he actually had a prescription to Ativan, which from what my understanding of the way it works, it's like for, it's primarily used as like a detox, like balancer, I guess you'd say for somebody who is an alcoholic, who's going through detox, who's coming through it in like rehab, it basically, tr it acts on your brain like straight alcohol in a pill form and it it's basically given to alcoholics to detox, to take the edge off so that they don't go through painful detox, like, which is great in a controlled setting, but it's not a thing you want to give a person that could just take them freely. And according to his wife, he had apparently talked about just being really stressed and pressured and he was going to take an extra Ativan that night, which again, for a recovering alcoholic, you basically just took two or more shots in pill form. Uh, 
And that can, you know, anybody who knows alcohol can lead to depression. It can lead to suicide. Things like chemicals like this can lead to suicidal thoughts. And it's entirely possible. And I don't think out of the realm of possibility that taking too many Ativan just messed with his head and pushed him to killing himself, which is a tragedy both of in the sense of the pharmaceutical and the medical issue of prescribing medicines to somebody who shouldn't have them. Uh, an alcoholic should not have access to Ativan freely. And just that it, it really, it drove somebody to the, just the, the, the sadness of just another legendary artist, another like musical icon who is lost due to uh, his addictions and his, and kind of a, the lifestyle catching up to him. Uh, okay. And the last sad one, I swear. I think by now, I think everybody, and it's, it's, this is probably, you know, next to Roger Moore, this is probably the most recent uh, story going around is the bombing in the Manchester Ariana Grande concert. And I wasn't going to talk about this. I mean, it's, it's really, it's mainstream news. Everybody's hearing it's still, there's stuff filtering in left and right about what's going on with this thing. And I like it, it, I was like, yes, it's a bombing. But for me, I'm like, it's this, this is just mainstream news. There's a, a bombing, a potential terrorist attack. And it happened to be at an Ariana Grande concert. It was like, it was just like the the uh, Paris bombings of about a year or two back, where it's a Eagles of Death Metal concert, lesser known group. Um, well, this morning, and is again this kind of a news hitting this morning, getting me. Um, this morning, I saw an article this morning, basically pointing out all of the fake news stories going along with this. I mean, there are I've seen entered nineteen to twenty two people died and upwards of 50 people injured in this explosion. Um, some people are saying that it was a uh, suicide bomber, like someone with a backpack. Uh, but there was an article, there were actually people spreading fake news stories about this, spreading rumors about these circumstances. There were apparently s- stories going around and pictures going around of Ariana Grande all beaten up and bruised and bloody after like photos of her from after the the explosion. There were stories of a gunman walking around the hospital where they were sending all of the injured people to and the this hospital was on lockdown and all these sort of things. And none of it true. There was, you know, the police did sweeps of the area and they obviously did a sweep of the hospital to make sure the area was safe because after you have a an attack like that, obviously you're going to send all the people to the hospital. Let's not let's make sure the hospital itself is safe. So they did a sweep of the hospital. There was no gunman. It was all just a made up story to freak people out. And there was no pictures of her backstage beaten up and bruised. She wasn't anywhere near the explosion, and she was off stage when it all happened people were actually circulating pictures of her from a movie set from a year, couple years ago 
and saying, oh, this is her. She got hurt and, oh, she said she's going to retire from music after this attack. And like first, again, she wasn't anywhere near it. She didn't get hurt. Um, not particularly care, but um, she wasn't hurt and she's not retiring. They did for security reasons, obviously, and just kind of nerves. She said she's just super shaken up right now. Obviously, I mean, somebody just blew up one of her, blew up her fans. And, you know, that's got to, I mean, that's, people. these people went there to see her and somebody took advantage of that and blew them up. They took advantage of a crowd there to see her and murdered dozens of people. So she is obviously very shaken. Um, they have postponed the remainder of her European tour right now. Naturally. And there's the investigation and all of that. On top of all that, on top of the, I can't believe that people are out there spreading and sorry, fake news. People are actually spreading fake news reports and bullshit stories to like, it's just to, it's clickbait. You're doing it just to get attention to yourself. But people are spreading, after a tragedy like this, people are spreading fake news, which is terrible. But on top of all that, this morning, apparently, ISIS claimed responsibility for the attack. So, where it went from, we think this is a terrorist act, to, okay, now we basically have confirmation it's a terrorist attack because ISIS is claiming responsibility. Which... Fuck. I, there's, I mean, I guess there's, there's no other, there's no other reaction to have. There's no, I guess, what do you want me to say about this? Because, I mean, it's just, that's what it is. Somebody went off and blew up a concert in England. And of course it was ISIS because that's kind of their MO. They go for soft targets where people are going to be gathered in mass and they try and do the most damage. That's what they do. And it's 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 a shame that there are people out there in the world who are who believe that walking into a room and killing themselves along with a bunch of other people is the right thing to do. And I'm not making any religious argument. I'm saying the people in ISIS are stupid ignorant terrorists with fucked up ideals and I don't I, there's nothing I can say without getting political or somebody rant, bitching about it's not a religious thing it's not a political thing it's a these people are going out and murdering innocent people on purpose they thoroughly intend their goal is to murder innocent people that's it and they think that their interpretation of their religion justifies it. And I've said it before, I'll say it again. Any time your religion tells you to hurt somebody else, you are wrong. If you think your religion tells you to hurt somebody else or persecute somebody else or demean somebody else or, or belittle or say you are better than anybody else out there in the world, you are wrong. That is it. Ah. <sighs> So I'm going to take a, a quick break and I'll come back 
with a couple happier entertainment stories. And I'm going to leave with just a momentary tribute to all of those that were lost, both uh, Roger Moore and Chris Cornell, but especially for all of the people who were lost in the bombing in Manchester. Want to know the story behind Potter and Family? Potter and Family started with a hashtag for indie podcasters. The podcasters who do this for fun and because we're passionate. We're not the big podcast you hear about, most likely. We don't have 10 to 15 people helping us with production. But that doesn't mean the quality and content you're getting isn't as good as any of those shows. Is there an area of interest you like talking to people about? Listen to an indie podcast on that topic. The hosts are incredibly reachable. We're basically clamoring to hear from listeners. We're just as much your fans as you are ours. No matter what you're interested in, Potter and Family's got a show for you. Like movies and TV? Check out the Epic Film Guys, the Something Something cast, the Boxers, or the Countdown Movie and TV Review. Do you like comedy? Check out Everyone Has a Podcast, the One Word Go Show, Afterburn 739, Now That I'm Older, Rick and Paul Heal the World, or Off in the Weeds. How about random trivia and fun facts? Check out The Endless Knot, or The Story Behind. Like comic books and geek culture? Check out Geek Yogurt Podcast or Little Geek Lost. I could go on, and believe me when I say there are a whole lot more where that came from. But you can find all these and more by searching the hashtag Potter and Family on Twitter. Okay. Now that we've got all that out of the way, let's get back into some fun news so we can have some laughs and we can make fun of some people. And what better way to make fun of some people than to drag back into shit that we talked about before? The Fire Festival is back in the news as if the now seven lawsuits, including the previously mentioned $100 million class action suit against the promoters, wasn't enough, and the lawsuits against all of the social media marketing people who promoted it on their Instagrams and whatnot. The FBI is now investigating the promoters of the fire Festival for, let's see, uh, wire fraud, mail fraud, uh, securities fraud, 
in relation to how they orchestrated the entire festival. At which point Ja Rule is saying, hey, no, that's a bunch of, that's bogus. I would never, it's not the kind of person I am. I would never associate myself with people who would commit fraud. In his defense, you don't necessarily know when your business partners are committing fraud, especially when you're probably not the one pulling the strings. You're not the, the numbers guy. You're the, you're the celebrity idea. You're like, oh, I want a festival. Well, they kind of, they, they, <laughs> there's no other way to describe this festival, festival air quotes, other than the f- biggest fucking con job ever. Like I said before, they stuck up, they convinced a bunch of rich people to come out to a private island with no resources, no clean water, no electricity, and said it was going to be a, a, a huge event and that it was going to be the most extravagant, uh, luxurious music festival ever. And they show up to tents and, and cheese sandwiches with, again, no running water, no electricity, no resources on this island whatsoever. They conned a shit ton of people. Well, apparently it looks like they also conned a lot of other people into getting other things involved just to get it not off the ground. Apparently even the the people that were contracted to do medical, like the, like, you know, you have to hire EMTs for an event like this, even they are suing the promoters because they show up and there's no electricity, there's no running water, the entire island is uninhabitable and unsanitary. So, yeah, the FBI is fucking investigating them. As I said it before, there will not be another fire festival. And, again, I think it very may well happen that these promoters may end up in jail. You know, before it was just a case of, you know, criminally negligent, you know, fraud and things like that. They were, for all intents and purposes, criminally negligent. And I'm sure somebody could make an argument that the level of, of of negligence in just the promotion and the assembly of this, this event was, was they should probably have some sort of criminal charges on them. And now that the fact that they're actually looking at legit fraud, wire fraud, mail fraud, securities fraud, I think y'all were playing funny with the numbers too. So with all of that other crazy, y'all are fucking up the festival bullshit and y'all were messing with the numbers someone's going to jail over the fire festival. I don't think it's going to be Ja Rule, but somebody's going to jail over the fire festival. I was just, you know, dicking around before. Now it's actually a legit possibility. (sighs) When it rains, it pours and it will forever be pouring on the fire festival. Okay. Do you watch Supernatural? I watch Supernatural. My wife got me into Supernatural. Um, I started, we kind of, I think if you were home, and again, it's kind of an an, an America thing, if you have cable, every morning on TNT, they show Charmed and Supernatural back to back. It's basically like their big Supernatural uh, witches and ghosts and monsters block in the morning, and they fill out like four or five hours of their morning programming block with Charmed and Supernatural. I watched Charmed. I just kept rolling through Supernatural. And so my wife and I got hooked on it. 
we're now like, you know, deep in the trenches. We've watched every episode and all that sort of stuff. And if you watch Supernatural, you know that this show has no problem making fun of itself. It has no problem pushing the boundaries of what it can do and, you know, time travel stuff and inside jokes and kind of breaking the fourth wall and looking straight in the camera moments. And there's so many goofy little things. There was an episode, it was the, uh, the French mistake. And if you're familiar with that sort of term, you get where they're going, where they literally jumped through a dimensional window into what is essentially the real world where they are no longer Sam and Dean Winchester. They are, uh, Jared Padalecki and Jensen Eccles, the actors who play them. They basically jumped into the real world and the characters, just go with me. This is some Victor Victoria shit going on. The characters had to pretend to be the actors pretending to be the characters. This is the kind of crazy weird shit that happens on Supernatural. But within the context of the show and the way the show's mythos has kind of evolved over the years... It works, and it's completely within the realm of possibility in this show. So, naturally, coming into season 13, 13, I think it's probably the longest running show in the CW. I think it, it came around, it was started with, back when it was the WB, um, it's 13 seasons of Supernatural. It just keeps on going, and it's getting, it's still doing pretty good, Um they are going to do a crossover with Scooby-Doo. Talk about jumping the shark. I, I don't even think that's it. I think they're just like, hey, we can do anything on this show. Their world basically means they can do anything on Supernatural. And it's that's just Supernatural. That's just what they can do. And so for season 13, they are going to do an animated crossover with Scooby-Doo. And I don't know if this is a this is uh, real or if this is just fan art, but I've I've got a picture posted up of the uh, animated Winchester brothers with Scooby Doo. It, it'll I, I'm I'm really looking forward to. This. I just think it's going to be a crazy thing. I'm hoping that this is. I mean, it's it's the Winchesters, the greatest monster hunters in their world, and Mystery Incorporated, the greatest investigators of not really monsters. So. And a talking dog. You know, let's see how Sam and Dean deal with a talking dog because they're kind of eh, shoot first, ask questions later. But maybe if they realize they're, they're cartoons, they'll, it'll work out. Uh, they said the whole thing is going to be animated. So it's not going to be like the, uh, the live action Scooby Doo with CGI Scooby and Sarah Michelle Geller and Freddie Prince Jr. and all, which was good. They did a good job with those. Maybe they'll do both. Maybe they'll have them both jump across. That'd be just kind of weird. But an animated Scooby-Doo Supernatural, it's going to be fun. It's just going to be... I mean, they Supernatural can do no wrong with these things, really. I mean, and the Super... And I'm not one of those fanboys, but I've gotten into the show, and it's a fun show. And so it's yeah, it's, it's just going to be... Fun. I'm looking forward to this, because it's just going to be crazy. Uh, see, fun stories, fun stories. Oh, uh, okay. But 
Now that we've gotten all of the fun entertainment stuff out of the way, now we need to jump into the weird shit. Bullshit from the news. Alright. So, I'm sure everybody's seen those weird, like, hey, I've got a piece of toast with Jesus on it and on eBay and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, I, I see Jay Leno's face in this tortilla. Whatever. That's usually like Jesus or Mary or things like that. Because who wants the Jay Leno tortilla, really? Um, but <laughs> apparently there is a, a couple of guys in Pennsylvania who are selling a moldy tuna sandwich for $30,000 because the mold is exactly in the shape of a Mickey Mouse logo. It's a rare, miraculous Mickey Mouse mold. It just naturally grew that way. Fair enough. $30,000. And you you start like, what the fuck? $30,000? Now, apparently, these guys... As, as gross as this is, these guys actually set this up. It's it's supposed to be a goop. They're like, oh my god, look, it's Mickey Mouse. To- it's a Mickey Mouse mold. Throw it on eBay. See if anybody buys it because people buy stupid shit on eBay. Fair. Uh, they actually set up the auction as a charity, and they said minimum thirty thousand dollars, so we can donate fifteen at least fifteen thousand dollars to St. Jude's Children's Hospitals. If you know anything about St. Jude's, they do, they give free health care for primarily the kids with cancer and things like that. So their parents don't have to pay for anything. And you may see the commercials for them. You've always got the, the kids going through chemo. And I think it's kind of, you know, the marketing for these kind of places is kind of shady only because, hey, let's trot out the little bald girl uh, to make you donate money. But you got to do something to get people to understand hey we need money we're a charity that takes care of kids with cancer um so but you know fifteen thousand dollars going to saint jude's not a bad thing now they could donate more they could but they're like hey we're probably going to spend the money to get you know send ourselves go take a trip to disney ourselves or whatever the shit whatever but i mean yeah on on the one hand it's kind of shady that they're they're you know donating half they're only donating 15 out of $30,000 to to St. Jude's but from what i've seen nobody's really buying it um but they they said it's a goof it it was a gag post but they did establish it as a legitimate checked out yeah this is officially a charity auction so if you want to buy a a moldy mickey mouse tuna sandwich to donate some money to St. Jude's and you just happen to have an extra 30 G's laying around, um, you can check out the link on in the show notes at oddadout.blogspot.com. I've also got a picture of the sandwich and all that shit. Okay, moving on. Have you seen, and I think everybody's seen it, it's just kind of the latest big viral video going around of this sea lion dragging the girl into the water. And I normally don't cover these viral things because I don't think it's 
it's for me, I don't watch a lot of YouTube. I don't watch, I, I don't do the viral video thing. It's just not, again, not a big fan of social media, but this, I, I saw, I heard about it. All I could think about was, yeah, it's a wild animal, you dumbass. Um, and it was, oh my God, it's a it, sea lion attacked a little girl. Sea lion didn't technically attack a little girl. A little girl got too close to a wild animal and got snapped at. But I have the video on the, in, the, in the show notes as well. But I mean, a long story short, you, very quickly, you have a sea lion. Male, big ass male sea lion, apparently. Yeah, reach up, grab a little girl by her shirt and yanked her into the water. Because she was sitting on the railing. And they were throwing food at her. And the marine biologists were like, oh, he probably mistook her shirt for a fish or whatever, blah, blah, blah. It's a wild animal. This is not a, a, a sea world sea lion. It's not a seal or a walrus that's been trained. This is a wild animal. Guess what? Sea lions. Sea lion. This is a predator. It's not an alpha predator. It's like a beta predator. There are other things. There are things that eat sea lions, but that's like killer whales, polar bears, shit like that. Big alpha predators in their area. That's about it. You don't, you don't mess with wild animals. You don't mess with wild dolphins, let alone a wild sea lion. Guess what? Sea lions have teeth. Sea lions eat fish and penguins. Haven't you seen Happy Feet? Big ass scene. A couple of big ass scenes running from sea lions because they are a predator animal. Uh, seals too, but sea lions more so. Much more aggressive. It's a, it's a sea predator. It is a sea lion. Lion. It's not going to eat a little girl, but it's not above, you know, snapping at you and dragging a little girl into the water because what the hell? Wonder what little girl tastes like. Now, of you know, in their defense, I, I, as soon as she went, it like it like go over, it like yanked her, pulled her into the water, and swam away. And somebody jumped in the water and immediately got her out. She was in the water for like two seconds. But I mean, it's scary as hell. I'm sure. And if there were my kids, oh yeah, I'd I'd be right in that water. I'd be scared to hell if a sea lion jumped in. But I also wouldn't let my fucking kids get close enough to a damn wild animal. I don't care how cute it is. You don't go near wild animals. I don't let my kids go near strange dogs. I'm not going to let them go near some, you know, predator wild animal. No. That's what zoos are for. You want to see the predator animal, go to the zoo where it's in a contained environment where you're not going to get eaten. Unless you're a dumbass and climb in the enclosure. Because some people don't watch their fucking kids. But that's a whole other story. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, I just, like I said, the only reason I even talk about it is just the, the sheer fact that it's a bunch of dumbasses who think that, oh, he's so cute. Look, you see the sea lion. I've seen sea lions before. They're adorable and completely shit their brains out. Think, forgetting that this is a wild animal that eats meat. This is a, a carnivorous predator animal. Yeah. Okay. And to wrap up the weird shit, the normal weird shit, you know, by now, I can't let a coffee story go. 
I just have to have my coffee. And what's a new way? What, who would I be without checking out a new kind of coffee? And I'm pretty sure I'm not going to check this out. But what to the fuck? I hope I pronounce this right because it's Indonesian. Kopi Joss Coffee. It's essentially a super sweetened, like, according to the, the little thing, it says four scoops of sugar into a cup with a red hot chunk of charcoal. Yep, that's right. Because you couldn't make coffee any blacker. Let's actually add charcoal. And apparently this is actually a thing. It's been around for a while, apparently. Apparently this was invented like back in the late 1800s. And it was meant to as like kind of a cure for indigestion. So uh, reading up on it, apparently they... You know, it, it's brewed in the old, the like the loose leaf styles. So you throw your coffee grounds in the cup. You throw apparently four scoops of sugar, which for most people, a lot of sugar. And, you know, fill it up with water, let it steep, yada, yada, yada. And then they take a red hot chunk of charcoal and drop it in the cup. It froths, it boils, it foams over, all that. It makes a big mess. But apparently... People have actually looked into it and tested the coffee and realized it has lower caffeine content. It has higher, like, it, it's got a lot of, there's different nutrients in it. There's different minerals and things, obviously, because of the charcoal. But what they're finding is that because of the addition of the charcoal, it's actually better for you. It, this is, it, the charcoal seems to absorb a lot of the caffeine that's in it. It absorbs a lot of the bitterness and things like this that are in the coffee. And basically, I mean, you let it boil over and it cools down and you can take the charcoal out and drink it and whatever. And some people are saying it, it, it tastes normal. It just tastes like a cup of coffee. And then others are like, hey, it's it's got kind of a caramel flavor because of all that sugar and the, the coal and it kind of caramelizes and cooks that sugar and it's got kind of a caramel flavor. I'm still not going to try it. But they're saying it's like, hey, it's good for indigestion. It's good for this and this and this because those that removal of caffeine and removal of all those volatile compounds getting filtered out by the charcoal are actually making it healthier for you. It's actually a good thing for you to drink. And again, it was originally uh, invented to relieve like indigestion and nausea and, and all things considered it makes sense. I mean, the way, you know, anti-nausea medications and stomachs, it's, it's, yeah, it's charcoal. It's something to filter and grab onto all the crud and, and settle the acid. Well, the charcoal remnants in that coffee would do that. And apparently it works. And again, from when they've had it tested, they're like, yeah, it, theoretically, all of the compounds that, you know, are in the charcoal. And this is, you know, this is not a Ch Kingsford briquette. This is like natural chunks of wood charcoal because this is in Indonesia. They're not cooking. I mean, they're boiling water under like over a pot or like a thing of you know, fire pit. And yeah. So you, if you ever happen to be in Indonesia, uh, go check out some charcoal coffee and see, you know, let me know. Hell, if you try it, let me know. Or if you decide that you just want to be a lunatic and you want to make it yourself, I suggest getting good chunk charcoal, like some natural shit. Again, don't use the Kingsford briquettes. Um, there's, you know, 
petrochemicals and shit in those, you know, but I'm pretty sure that'll kill you. But if you, if you are so inclined, uh, make some yourself and, and let me know what it's like, cause I'm, I'm not about to do it, but you know, far be it for me to tell you not to do it. <sighs> and again, email me. If you try it out, email me oddadout at gmail.com. What the hell? Uh, all right. And finally, we're going back to Zimbabwe for the jackass of the week. <sighs> As if pastors getting eaten alive for trying to play Jesus wasn't bad enough. Now, there's apparently a, a Christian pastor in Zimbabwe who is claiming to have God's direct phone number. And is yeah he's he's saying that he talks to god directly and it's not like that guy walking down the street in the city talking to himself but he apparently he uh looking into it apparently this is kind of a thing in in southern africa that these these christian pastors are are just come out with these outlandish ideas and claims and things to keep their their congregations uh, interested in growing and all these, but to really go out there and claim that God gave you his phone number and communicates only with you through your flip phone. And he's offered up proof, air quotes, big ass air quotes, like the size of my head air quotes, proof by releasing some of these phone conversations, uh, online and he has these and their church has their own tv station that they broadcast their sermons and their big uh like revival i guess you could be like tent revivals and big uh things like this and their big gatherings and he has live phone calls with god where god tells him the what he needs to do and what the people need and gets directions directly from god and apparently he's said on multiple times, oh, on this day at this event, I'm going to give out God's phone number so the rest of the world can communicate with God directly. And every time he said that, no, no go. He's like, oh, it wasn't the right time. Uh, God said that it wasn't uh, the best the best day for this. So we're saving this for another event. The day will come when it's right. The time is right. And, and over and over and over again. And then he has... An event where God called somebody else. He said, see, that's proof. It's a miracle. That's proof that it's really God. Because I told God, call Dave over there. And God called Dave. And so that's a that's proof that it's God. God called him. And now Dave over there. He's a prophet because now he talks to God too. I'm not going to shit on anybody's religion. But some pastors are quacks, especially those kind of guys. I mean, for all intents and purposes, this is the South African version of a televangelist is going out there saying, God needs you to raise money for the church. You need to donate every penny you've got. We need a, we need a Ferris wheel to rip off a joke from Sam Kinison. Uh, we need to build a 20-story tower to the Lord with golden toilet seats and 
and and ivory doorknobs and we need a palace to the lord and it's only going to cost you 17 million dollars that's what they're doing except they're in africa where they don't have 17 million dollars but i'm sure they're they're shilling the ever-living shit out of these people and they'll do and i mean it's and a lot of these it's got to be a power trip and again i'm not disparaging the church in a in general just these guys just these guys that are going out telling these people i'm talking to god oh but you can't do it i can talk to god god gave me his phone number so i'm going to talk to god for you and it's a bunch of bullshit you're you're scamming people and you know some people are saying oh spray uh, take pesticide in the face as a show of the the Lord is protecting you from these poisons and all. That. And again, they're in Africa. And I, I'm not going to do an African accent because I'm I'm content offending the South. I don't think I want to offend an entire other continent. Uh, but yeah, really, you know, I'm going to point out here for all of you people that are you know that might want to give me shit for for shitting on a pastor. Again, same area of the world where somebody tried to walk on water and got eaten alive because he was being a dumb fuck. No, tragedy. Somebody died. He was being a dumb fuck. Um, they're scamming people. That's it. It's not because one of the rules about being a Christian is to not test God. You don't, you're not supposed to ask for proof. You're not supposed to go out there. And I'm just like, so these people are like, oh, Lord, if you're real, send me a word. Oh, here's my phone number. No, bullshit. Or if, see, we're going to test God is protecting you. We're going to spray fucking rat poison in all of your faces. And God's going to protect you because you have faith. You're not supposed to do shit like that. That is literally against the religion. So... Yeah, dumb fucks. Just there. Your pastor is being bad at being a pastor. If he's a Christian pastor, that's a bad pastor. Um, so you should really, you know, read the book um, before you trust the guy telling you to ingest rat poison or he's telling you that God knows his cell phone number. That's, yeah. All right. And I'm sure God knows his cell phone number because, you know, omnipresence and all that, but... I don't think God wants you to have his phone number because shit, that's some Bruce Almighty shit right there. I'm pretty sure if you had God's email, it would be a really full inbox. Just saying. All right. (laughs) Uh, I guess I'm I'm just visualizing Bruce Almighty and him sitting there speed flying through fucking prayer email. But I'm going to take one final promo break here. And I will be back with the movie Pod Squad. The Epic Film Guys podcast is a film comedy podcast with two best friends celebrating everything we love about going to the movies. We've got great beer, amazing guests, and quirky characters unlike anything you've ever heard before. Well, I just assumed you were drinking that chocolate stout that you were going to make with the cheapest crap chocolate ice cream in a Miller Lite. I remember being a young man and my mother telling me I didn't have a name because I was illegitimate. I don't know what that word means. 
Never be sorry on the Epic Film Guys podcast. Never be sorry. C- cut in, talk over. I'm sorry every time I finish doing an episode. I didn't hear that, Nick. Don't bring it up yet. I'm not supposed to come out till like the end of the episode. Subscribe to the Epic Film Guys on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, or your favorite podcast app. And we'll see you at the movies. Hey there, it's Chris from More Gooder Than, where we rate and dissect pop culture one argument at a time. I'm joined by my compadres, Corey Sasso. What it is, home trees. And Donnie the Big D Car. Que mas? For those of you that would be joining us for the first time, Corey, Donnie, and I each take the side of some piece of pop culture and try and sway the world to agree with our opinions on which one is most goodest, with a 100% money-back guarantee to entertain you in the process. So we've done which is goodest out of the Indiana Jones trilogy. We've also covered the twin film phenomenon like Armageddon and Deep Impact. We've also compared and contrasted excellent Bill Paxton performances. So if that's something that you guys like to enjoy, check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud, and our website, mgtpodcast.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, at mgtpodcast. Thanks, and check us out. Your guide to cinema etiquette for the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews Podcast. Question 17. When choosing a seat at a largely empty movie cinema, do you... A. Sit directly in front of another person. B. Sit right alongside a couple clearly enamored with one another. Or C. Take a seat away from other patrons that afford you a good view. If you answered A or B, fuck you. For more useful cinema etiquette, join Paul and Wayne on the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews podcast at Podomatic on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. All right, and I'm back. And you may have noticed a couple bit of a longer break this time because all three of those shows are members of the Movie Pod Squad. Which is a new network, kind of a splinter off of the Potter and Family group on Twitter. Where just, you could say it's a lot of movie podcasters who are all, pretty much are all friends. They do a lot of, of crossovers between each other. They pop up on each other's shows. They, they'll do these giant, like, movie pod squad megasodes, usually kind of anchored by the epic film guys. But, so I've, I've, I've featured the epic film guys in the past. I've, I've featured, uh, a countdown movie and TV review. Um, I've, I've listened to, I haven't talked about yet, but, uh, more gooder than I don't have a lot of promos for a lot of these different shows to run them all. And the movie pod squad is made up of 10 different shows, all with kind of their own, uni- their own little flavor, you know, uh, even when you take, uh, a couple of shows like The Countdown and Epic Film Guys that I am subscribed to both that both of them are do movie and movie reviews but very different takes on them and very different opinions and if you follow any of the if you follow them on Twitter you see they, they usually are butting heads about stuff and they usually disagree uh, on on their takes on different things but they're all great different styles of movie review podcast which is which is really cool and like I said, a lot of they're just really big personalities and they're really fun to listen to uh and again all kind of 
take your pick. There are 10 different shows that make up the Movie Pod Squad Network. Let's just run through. We've got uh, More Gooder Than Podcast, The Epic Film Guys, Super Movie Bros, The Countdown uh, Movie and TV Review, uh, Bud's Beers and Brutality, uh, Colt 45, Who Spiked the Puns, uh, which I need to get into. I've I've heard a lot of their promos. I need to get into that show. Uh, now in Technicolor, uh, Via VHS, and So I Married a Movie Geek. If you like movie reviews and things like that and just fun, and a lot of these are similar to like the Epic Film Guys where there's a lot of drinking and friends drinking and talking about movies. Because they're just movie people who like talking movies. I like talking movies, but I'm I'm not as deep as these guys. So you want guys that get into it and really analyze and can really talk movies. Check out moviepodsquad.com. There alone, you've got 10 different podcasts to check out and find the movie podcast that suits you. I'm pretty sure between the 10 shows, you're going to find the one for you. Uh, so check them out and follow them on Twitter at Movie Pod Squad and check out a movie podcast or two. But that's going to do it for me for this week. I'd like to thank you for tuning in each and every week. And remember... You can make it easier on yourself by subscribing on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever it is you find your podcast. There, you can find the links at odddadout.blogspot.com along with all the show notes and past episodes. You can connect with me on Facebook and Twitter at odddadout. And if you are so inclined, you can donate to the show and help support us and be a sponsor like our existing awesome sponsor, Lily who is an amazing artist who you need to check out as well. And while you're doing all that clicking, you could leave a rating and review for me in Apple Podcasts so I know what you're thinking about the show, what you like, what you don't like. I'd love to hear from you. Or you can email me or Facebook or Twitter. I don't care. I just want to hear from you. But until next week, I've been Adam Higgins, the Odd Dead Out. Thank you and good night. Good night.